Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. I love saying that. Yes, and I love saying, here's Tom Dorian, my co-host. Hi, yo. How are you doing? I'm well, and you? I am, I'm well as well. Good. Uh, we, got a, we have a cool topic today. It is cool. You know what? It's, it's, it's nice to help people. And I had an experience literally just last night. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I had a beautiful young lady whose mother had just passed away. Hmm. And she was talking to me, and she was telling me problems she was having. Just her experiences now. Um, so she's wondering if she could talk to me. So we just kind of chatted about this, and um, I just thought, man, this would be a great show topic. Perfect, right? And uh, what do we? How do we dealing with grief? Yep. Now, um, Tom, you I know have experienced. Oh yeah. Profound loss in in your immediate family. That's right. Right. I mean, in, in and so not, have you, and so have I. So. Uh, just you know, and that doesn't make us experts. It just makes no. us sort of in the club. That's exactly right. Right, and so we have some personal experience um, with this. Uh, doesn't mean we always know how what to say to other people because people always kind of go like, "What do you say?" Like when you're shaking somebody's hand at a funeral. Hey, how's it going? Well, that's my dad sitting there, <laughs> you know. And it's like it's just it's hard, right? It is, and we're uncomfortable with in a lot of ways. But specifically when there's like great amount of grief. Mm-hmm. And people are worried, like, am I depressed? Am I going to be in this grief? For, and what's, gonna, what's this going to happen? Now, I will say that I want to say before we go into this, we're going to do like a top ten list. There you go. Right, no drum rolls and excitement here, but just really no. ten ways that we have um, come to know how to navigate grief, things that have helped us, things we've picked up along the way. Mm-hmm. And so maybe you'll find it useful. Uh, but I do want to, to let people know that we are not licensed counselors or licensed mm-hmm. Uh, you know, psychiatrists, psychologists uh, of any kind. I don't have any initials at the end of my name other than SR for senior, there right? Because go. I got a junior, right? But I think as a deacon and 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 you as a you know a senior something, a senior something. Yeah, you know you wow. you, you lived experience. You're that, not a senior hurts, citizen. Man. You're not a senior citizen, but you cut me deep right there. But you have lived experience, <laughs> right? And so yes, we 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 yes. talk to people. Yeah. Right. And one of the things I love about you, I'm just going to say it and put Uh-oh. you on the spot. And t- I love the fact that I think every single funeral I've ever been at, you attend. Well, there's there's a reason too, and I, you know what? The reason is because when my dad died, I think I've told you this before. Uh-huh. There were so many people that showed up, and it just blew me away. People I had you no idea. You want to do that for others? I'm, I'm giving back. And that's beautiful. That's a great. Also, Father thing. Pugh. Father Pugh taught me. You know. Oh really? But, oh yeah, man. Your presence is much better than it's a, a it's a ministry. Right. Yeah. So exactly. that's beautiful. So we're going to launch into this top ten. Now we hope to be able to give you a baker's dozen because we came up with thirteen. We did, and we didn't want to throw the other three away no. just because we only took the top ten. But so the we're clock's gonna, ticking. I know. So we're going to get right into it. And number one on our list is don't go it alone. Nope. You've heard the expression "no man is an island." It's true. And it's just like like where do they get these stupid bumper stickers? <laughs> Darn it, they're true, <laughs> right? And especially in a time of grief. Yeah. Man, when you're like. You're sitting there and you don't talk to anyone. You yeah. keep it inside. It's bottled up. It festers. Yeah, that's not good. It is. Wor- it's bad. And it's like we put ourselves on an island of grief. Yeah. There's no consolation. There's no help. 
So just the concept of talking it out with someone, mm-hmm. now whether that's a licensed therapist or a counselor or going to a deacon or a priest or just a good trusted a good friend, friend, someone who's experienced it, it's it's a good thing to do to, to not be alone. That's right. Don't lock yourself up. Don't sit in your house and eat nothing but Chinese food that's been delivered to you. And just like you, you turn into like this cave that you live in and you go in, you become a recluse. It's not healthy. No. Right. And then really to help in that grieving process is just to talk it out. That's right. To talk about it. And don't be afraid to say what you're feeling, what you're thinking, et cetera. So that's, that's, a, that's number one on the list is just really don't go it alone. Mm-hmm. Number two is, again, from our Catholic perspective, utilizing the sacraments and realizing that your faith is very powerful in the sense that, that those sacraments allow us the opportunity to receive God's divine life. That's right. right. That's what gives us hope. That's what gives us meaning and purpose and energy and strength and, and, and the gift of beauty and mercy and love and all those things we encounter through the sacraments, through God's divine life, through his grace. So certainly, certainly going you know, to, to Mass— Mm-hmm. As often as you can in that process, and especially in grieving, may go some, go to some extra masses. Go to confession, not to confess it like I'm depressed, you know, no. but essentially to, just to get just that stuff off your off your chest that might be other sins. Because you know, when we have those sins, they make it harder for us to accept God's grace. That's right. Right when we feel bad about ourselves, and so whatever situation, um, and so doing that, and also adoration, big deal. That's a big deal. I mean, what's it like to you know in a in a to sit in a quiet chapel? It's perfect. I mean, yeah. you're sitting there with Jesus Christ right in front of you. How can that not be perfect? Yeah, you might actually think it's a good opportunity. Hey, while I'm sitting here with the man, yeah, I got a problem here. Can you yeah, help me out? Help me out because either you're mad, you want to raise your fist, or maybe you just get down on your knees, maybe you just cry, maybe you just sit quietly and say, "Okay, Lord, I'm listening. Explain all this to me." Yeah. So just being present to him is such a beautiful thing, and realize that he is actually present to us. That's right. That's a that's a that's a that's a great one utilizing the sacraments. Number three, so we need to remember that grace. I'm sorry, that grief. We mm-hmm. need to remember that grief. It's a positive and healthy sign. It is. Now a lot of people look at grief as if it's an enemy. It's, it's bad. Not. Grief is bad. Yeah, it's not. Right. What I love about um, about grief, and I say that that sounds weird. What I love about grief <laughs> is is that essentially. I ask people when they're grieving, and they go like, I just, I feel so heavy in this grief and whatever. And I come, here's the thing. You can look at it like this. If you weren't grieving, that means that you didn't really love that person. You don't really miss that person. You, you, they weren't that important to you. Mm-hmm. The fact that you're grieving their loss means that you love them. Mm-hmm. And that's a positive thing. Right, you you want to miss somebody. You want to know how important that person was to you. When your when your heart, your mind, your body grieves, mm-hmm. right? It's a sign that that there was a great love between you. That's right. And so that's a positive sign. So don't look at that as like some kind of great negative. Now you do want to have some kind of balance in that and know that that there is needs to be. A, don't be afraid to be joyful also in those grieving periods. Right. Don't be afraid that like, well, I'm not allowed to go to a basketball game. I got season tickets. You know, it's been two weeks. Am I allowed to go out? Is there like a pro- proper grieving you period? You know, you, you need to live your life right. and understand that grief and joy, we can balance these things. That's right. But, but grief is not evil. Mm-mm. It's healthy. It's, it's good for us. Now, um, I, in, in sort of close connection to that is our number four, and that is don't try and eliminate grief. I mean, how many times have you heard these, these phrases? Get over it. Put it behind you, move on, sweep it under the rug, act like it didn't exist, 
right? And a lot of people look at grief like, well, when are you going to get over this? When are you going to move on? When are you going to? Yeah, that's the last thing you need to do. You, you don't. And so this is the hard part. That, and people don't think about this, but it helped me a lot mm-hmm. when my brother died a couple of years back. Is that you really you don't want to like get rid of grief, Mm-mm. but you want to weave it into your life. Right. I love that expression mm-hmm. because your life is like this this garment, this fabric that you're in the process of weaving. It's it's the thing that you're wearing. It's a seamless right. garment. Your grief becomes part of that. Right. Right. It shouldn't overtake it. You just took the words right out of my mouth. Yeah. Because otherwise we're out of balance. And it again. becomes a smaller and smaller part as time goes on. But. It's still there. It's still there, right. It's part of who you are. It defines who you are. That's right. And it speaks. You always want to be able to look at that stain on your shirt that won't come out and say, hey, I remember that pretzel. That was a good pretzel. There's a mustard, you know. <laughs> right. But if it overtakes you, then it's problematic. <laughs> it's eating too many pretzels. <laughs> yeah, exactly. uh, No, but like in grief, if you have that little moment of grief that you look in your seamless garment and you see this time of grief, you go, ah, oh, yeah. I'm remembering mom or dad or brother or sister or right. daughter or son. I'm remembering that. And that's good. It is good. It's part of who you are, right? Mm-hmm. They were a part of your life in life, and they're still a part of your life in death. Yeah. Right? They don't just, you know, disappear like they no. never existed. So mm-hmm. don't try to eliminate grief. Now, number five, this one's important. And this is one of the ones you said. You, you just kind of said three words. Pray, pray, pray. Exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. And now I, I kind of focus the prayer, uh, you know, come Holy Spirit. Yeah. <clears throat> right? And so to pray That's to the Holy Spirit. That's why you're a deacon and I'm not. That's all right. No, because <laughs> your heart is right on the money. You, you know, go. call upon the Holy Spirit. Because, I mean, again, we know that he consoles us, he comforts us, he envelops us. He, he does. He surrounds us, lifts us up. And all with this guiding and inspiration, that's all good. Mm-hmm. But in those times of grief... It's the Holy Spirit that sort of sink, he sinks into our heart. That's right. I, I love um, reading the 14th chapter of John, and there's just where Jesus promises the Holy Spirit. If you listen to the words around it, you realize something important about the Holy Spirit. Um, starting with the 16th verse in uh, chapter 14 of John, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you desolate. I will come to you. And we go down, jump to verse 25. These things I've spoken to you while I'm still with you. But the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Then he says these words. This is so beautiful. Peace I leave you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. So it's the Holy Spirit that we can pray to, and our hearts won't be troubled. That's right. It's going to be painful, yep. but having that Spirit there with us is such a beautiful, beautiful thing. So um, pray, pray, pray. That's number five. Mm-hmm. Number six, this is important. Live in the love of family and friends. Mm-hmm. Right? When you are hurting... Mm-hmm. When you have problems, when you have issues, there's just no better place to be. That's exactly right. I mean, how much did you rely on your family? You know, your wife specifically, like when your when your dad passed. Oh, totally. Wife, uh, kid, and everybody, then, and then when her dad passed, same thing. She's leaning on you. Same thing. And and kids, yeah. You know, and and just the 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 realization that that you're getting support. That's right. Right. And I, and I would also note that even in those dysfunctional families, the ones like, 
man, that guy's a clown. The reality is you love that clown. That's true. And that clown's going to help you through difficult times. Whoever that is and whatever their situations, whatever all the isms that are, that are plaguing your family. That's true. The reality is they are your family. That's true. And that's, that's, that's powerful. And that, you know, that's why we're born into families. That's exactly right. Right? We're born into community so that we can rely on the community. And then they can rely on us. Amen. Man, that, that part is, is important. Now, when people send you and when they show up, what do you send them? Oh, You're good at this. You know. Yeah. So the experience my brother and I had when our dad died was we, we wrote thank you notes. We hand wrote thank you notes. And it was a mm. very cathartic process. It was, it was it's medicinal it was awesome. almost. It was it? totally medicinal. Yeah. Man, that's a good thing. It's a good thought and yeah, something to think about. Yeah, it's, it's cool. But it helps see this importance of family and friends and community and those who support. And again, going to all those funerals. What, right. a, what a great gift that you're actually giving people that you don't even know that well sometimes. Right. You're there to support them when you can. That's so beautiful. Yeah. So we've gotten through six of the ten ways to help navigate grief. We got some more plus some bonus if we have time. Perfect. Baker's dozen if we can. Before we do that, I want to remind folks we got a home, uh, we got a wonderful website, mm-hmm. thecatholiccafe.com, right? Also, I would love to hear from you. Send me an email, Deacon Jeff at thecatholiccafe.com. We are going to take a break and then we'll come back and finish up with this list of ways to navigate grief. I'm Bester Zemski. And this is another great moment in church history. The relationship between monastery brew houses and the act of Christian hospitality has nestled a special place in Catholic culture for centuries. As monastic life began to take shape across Europe, the art of hospitality and its connection to monastery living took deep root. Before the modern era of roadside inns, travelers used the network of monasteries as way stations between their destinations. Monastic hospitality directed the monks to care for these travelers. The monastic rule of St. Benedict says, Let everyone that comes be received as Christ. The monks abided by this teaching, and each monastery became known for its hospitality and its own unique brand of ale or beer which was served to thirsty visitors. The work of the monastery was integral to the spiritual life of the monks. Many monasteries were self-sustaining operations with vast tracts of land. The monastic communities relied on the land to provide sustenance for their community. Operating the monastery took hard work and required daily labor from the monks. To sustain themselves, especially during periods of fast, the monks would brew heavy beers and ales. By drinking these fermented concoctions, they were able to stay faithful to their fast, but also able to sustain the energy levels needed for the hard work. Beer was considered liquid bread at the time and enjoyed for its many nutritional properties. As time went on and monasteries became centers of learning and laboratories for science, the monks used their education to perfect the brewing art. They were able to improve production practices and provide this special drink, not only for their own communities, but the villages around them. One particular order of monks, called the Trappist, had become famous all over the world for their beers and ales. The Trappist order was founded in the Cistercian Monastery of La Trappe, France. The founder of the order felt that the Cistercian order as a whole was becoming too lax. He instituted strict new rules, and one of the core tenets of the order was that each monastery was to be self-sustaining. 
The Trappist monks looked to the brew houses that already existed within their walls and began brewing beers and ales for sale to the public. Some of these Trappist monasteries are still brewing beers and ales that can be found at your local grocery store. They are considered to be some of the highest quality and most robust and flavorful ales and beers in production today. I'm Bess Trzymski, and this is another great moment in church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And we're back in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. I am Deacon Jeff, and we're sitting here. Tom Dory and I are talking about the top ten ways that we've found that we can help navigate grief. And so Tom has put his phone away, and now he's paying attention to what we're doing here. <laughs> I threw you under the bus, big boy. Yeah, there's not a phone in front of you. I know. There, oh, there is one. Ooh, goodness gracious. Uh, anyway, all that said, um, we are talking about those top ten ways. We've been I'm through glad six this is radio, of them. Man, it is not TV. Uh, so number one, don't go it alone. Correct. Number two, utilize the sacraments. They're Amen. there for you. Three, remember that grief is actually a positive, healthy sign. It is indeed. Number four, don't try and eliminate grief. Nope. Number five, call upon the Holy Spirit. Pray, pray, pray. Amen. And then number six, live in the love of family and friends. Community is important. There you go. So now let's go on to number seven. Here we go. Uh, we found this to work. In fact, we've talked about this a little bit already. It's what something you put into practice, and that is go to the funeral. <laughs> I mean, now, I'll, I'll, you laugh, but there are some people that say, I just can't go. Now, I know that, like, when a husband or a wife dies, the spouse usually goes to the funeral. There'd be, like, right. some talk around town if, like, he didn't go to his wife's funeral. Right. But some people dread going. They don't want to go. They right. don't want to sit there. They don't want the all the to-do. They just don't want it. I bet you were that way with your brother. Uh, kind of. I was to a, a little, degree. To yeah. a degree. I think I was mature enough to know why I should go. Yeah. But the reality is there's still that feeling. You don't I go. will say this. I've been that way in my earlier life towards friends. Yeah, where you didn't want to go. I didn't want to go. Right. And I've used the excuse like, well, it's just it's such a tragic don't know what and to whatever. Say, all the things we right. talked about earlier. And so, but... To realize that the funeral is there, I mean, primarily it's there to benefit the dead, right? It's there for the prayers for the dead that transit us into eternity. Right. We're praying them into heaven. That's what a funeral is. That's right. But it's also a visible public sign of the, of the church's worship and the church's uh, belief in the resurrection. And that also benefits you. Yeah. You are also benefited in these funerals. And so the fact that, like, you, you, go, you go to funerals that even aren't your immediate family, et cetera, et cetera, but just encouraging all in your family to go and to realize that those prayers there are meant to comfort you as well. Those, those right. are the prayers of the universal church being offered on behalf of your deceased friend, family member, but also for you. That's right. The church is praying for you. And then also go into other funerals realizing the benefits to those that are suffering. Yeah. Just your ministry of presence is a powerful, That's right. powerful thing. That's number seven. Number eight, I did this. Write, that was a cool exercise you did. Write the deceased a letter. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Say what you couldn't or didn't before. Mm-hmm. How many people have had close relatives, friends, brothers, sisters, mothers, fathers die, and you didn't get to say what you always want to say? Maybe you didn't ever really say, I love you. Mm-hmm. Write a letter. I did that. You know, and keep and reread, reread that, that letter as a constant reminder. Right. I reread it every once in a while. Yep. And so it's just... 
it's a real cool. You don't have to mail it to anybody. You don't know how much a stamp to heaven costs, but right. or a stamp to eternity anyway. <laughs> I I I just think that writing that is a way to sort of formalize in your mind your feelings, prioritize and focus everything. That's what it did for me. Yeah, it was amazing. You don't have to share it with anybody. Mm-hmm. I do every once in a while, but the reality is. Just writing that, mm-hmm. you know that they're hearing it. That's right. They're receiving it. They are. So it's a good, it's a good thing to do. Mm-hmm. Number nine, expect feelings of loss forever. Now, this one scares a lot of people. Am I always going to feel like this? No, you're not always going to feel like that. Mm-hmm. But there are going to be birthdays. There are going to be holidays, anniversaries. You know? Mm-hmm. It is okay and nat- natural. We've talked about that. But it's a reminder that they're part of you forever and that they're never forgotten right i mean you're gonna you're gonna feel that loss forever and you should because that person is a they're part of you the other thing too that happens with that is the bad memories go away and you replace them with good memories and you just do it naturally it's not something you do you know you don't dwell on you don't it just it just fills in where it's supposed to fill in so don't be afraid of that right it's gonna be neat i know sometimes there's like traffic really tragic forms of death and how that took place and then my dad was one Right, and so you and so you think, you know, do people dwell on that? Do you always think about that? Now, when you see something like it in the news, it reminds you of how maybe yeah. your dad passed or whatever. But you don't dwell on that. You don't dwell on it. You remember it, right? And then you just begin to slowly. So knowing that those feelings will bubble up, especially at birthdays, anniversaries, yeah. birth, you know, when 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 you would like holidays, especially when you would normally see. Yeah, your dad, my brother. We would. Uh, I remember things like, oh, remember my brother used to whatever, and that time we fried that turkey and it was frozen and it exploded. And, you know, it's like well, you remember those things, and and that's a cool thing. Right. But you need to know that that's going to be with you. That's right. Don't let someone say you're like, oh, you're going to forget about all this. Right. You're not, and you shouldn't. No. Number ten. Remember that they are not dead, spiritually. That's true. Man, that's. You think about that for a second. They are in eternity. That's right. So it's like that means you can talk to them. That's exactly you, right. You can have a relationship with your deceased relative, friend, family member. Yep. And a lot of people don't think that way. They don't. So if you love your mother to the ends of the earth and she's done so much for you and you just miss her terribly, the reality is she's still with you. Mm-hmm. She, you know, you, you, if it's part of her DNA, you, you guys are connected. That's right. Right. You are here because of her. She's always going to be a part of you. And even so, spiritually, if we're we're praying that our, our deceased family members or friends are in heaven, well, that means that arguably they're more alive than they've ever been. Right. Talk to them. Right. Visit their graveside. Look at their picture. Rem- be reminded of them. Talk to them. Yeah. Especially you know, during the Mass. Oh, see, that's really cool because that's when... That's when they're really, really there. Right. The angels and the saints are made right. present that's right. to us along with the body and blood of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And at that great amen, we celebrate that in our, right. in our liturgy. And that's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. Looks like we have a few minutes here. We might get it in. We are going. We got, so we've got top ten. So far, the top ten. Don't go it alone. Utilize the sacraments. Remember, grief is a positive, healthy sign. Mm-hmm. Don't try and eliminate grief. Mm-hmm. Call upon the Holy Spirit and pray. Live in the love of family and friends. Go to the funeral. Write, a deceased, write the deceased a letter. Expect feelings of loss forever. Remember that they are not dead spiritually. So let's go to our baker's dozen. We got three more. Now, this one was one that you thought of. Uh oh. And I want to m- make people understand that this was thought of by you, and you are, you know, your history in football, offensive lineman. Too many times without a helmet, right? Yeah. Is that where we're going? No, no. It's just like 
you're a big boy and a man doesn't want to cry. Oh, does that's he? right. Yeah, no, cry. Yeah. This Tell is me about a, that. This is especially for the guys out there. Just just cry. I mean, if it, if it comes on you, if it hits you, just cut loose and let it go. And that happens. It's on purpose. That's, I was amazed myself. When yeah. my brother when my brother died, it was like I didn't know how it was going to affect me. I really didn't. Uh-uh. You know, and all of a sudden it's like I'm just I would just talk and all of a sudden I would start crying. I'm thinking like I didn't think I was this emotional. That's right. And I, I still have this vision, this image I tell people about. When I went, he was in Huntsville, Alabama, it's where he died. And I went there to, to, to be with them, to deal with the after-the-death things, to deal mm-hmm. with the funeral home and all that stuff. And so I get there, and uh, I'm, I have to eat. And so I'm in the middle of a Hardee's restaurant. Mm-hmm. I still remember this. picture myself there. And I'm standing there with my empty cup in front of the little fountain drink machine. Yeah. And I just started bawling. <laughs> and I was like... That is a weird image, but that's how it hit me, and I just kind of went, you know? And, yeah. uh, and I can imagine people going like, look at that dude over there. Right. I mean, are they out of Diet Coke? What is his problem? <laughs> what is, what's, he, what's he? But you know what? It was like, it's so medicinal just to, like, just to cry. Don't fight things back yeah. and bottle things up and try to stop it. Just let it go. Yeah. Now, I don't do that anymore about my brother. Right. You know, and I'm able to talk about it and think about it in, in, in those profound ways. But... Um, it's like that's just part of the grieving. It's part of your body is yeah, also is. grieving. That's right. As well as your heart and your soul, your mind, your body is uh, grieving as well. That's right. So number, this would be number 12. Look at this from a Catholic context and experience redemptive suffering. Oh, that's perfect. I mean, we're, we're Catholics. Offer it up. And we have to realize that good things come from suffering. Mm-hmm. I mean, the best thing came from it, right? The crucifixion led to what? Our salvation. That's right. And so... Your family member's death, your close loved one's death, mm-hmm. good can come from it. That's right. And remember that, you know, it takes suffering to appreciate the resurrection, mm-hmm. right? It takes that death of Jesus to appreciate fully the resurrection. You've got to have the crucifixion to have salvation. Yep. And so in the same way, when you, 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 you associate your suffering with that of Jesus, mm-hmm. put your suffering on the cross with him, you're actually helping to save the world. Yep. That's pretty profound. That is profound. And then this last one is time That's and patience. Exactly Number 13 right. is time and patience. There's no set schedule. Mm-mm. There's no, it, you have to be over this in a certain amount of time. You have to nope. do this in a certain amount of time. There are no, now you might want to say no major decisions for a year. Take a little time off and making the yeah. big decisions and realize just how important it is that you realize that just let time unfold. It'll end, right. Weave this into your life. Be patient. Pray. And and just be patient, mm-hmm. and things will be. And everybody's good. different. Everybody's different. That's right. Some, some people it's three or four years. Some people it's two or three right. months. Who knows? And so we got all these things to consider. So many wonderful things to consider about our Catholic faith and grieving. Gr- grieving is beautiful. Amen. But you know it is painful. But that's when it's nice to know we have a mother. There you go. So let's invite Mary into this process Perfect. of grieving. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Holy Mary, Mary, Mother of God, God, pray pray for us sinners, sinners, now and at the hour of our death. death. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send him an email at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association and is broadcast with ecclesial permission from the Most Reverend Martin D. Holly, Bishop of Memphis in Tennessee. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe, serving up salvation one cup of coffee at a time.